Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to David Rickert from Manitoba. He's in Poland now, racing cars for a living. He just won a big race in Hungary. We'll talk about that and more on the podcast. It's been a couple of years since I've caught up with Manitoba racer David Rickert, the local product overseas in Europe, where he just recently won a race in Hungary. And I caught up with him earlier today. Obviously, the time change. Uh, time difference. This is not live. I'm not going to pretend it's live. We talked about his success, his dreams, what it feels like behind the wheel when you're going so fast. And I started by asking him a simple question. Where are you right now? I am in the city of Poznan in Poland. Sort of my second home or first home for this year, if you will. Okay. So that's home base for you then? Yep. And explain why you're there. Well, I'm actually married to someone who is Polish and used to live here. So because I'm racing in Europe for most of the summer, it gives me the opportunity to have a home base here rather than flying back and forth from North America throughout the race season. So just much better to deal with jet lag when you're going an hour flight rather than 16 hours. How much better is flying in Europe than flying in Canada and North America? Oh, it's not just flying, but also driving, train travel. It's the whole transportation. You know, you, you'd go on a 10-hour drive and you're only in the next town over when you live in Manitoba. So here, it's nice. You go three-hour drive and you're in an entirely different world with different culture, landscape, everything. It's, it's, it's very different, but each is unique and good in their, own, in their own fashion. All right, so I'm having you on this week because uh, you had a pretty successful weekend this past weekend, did you not? Yeah, it went it went pretty well. It's interesting in, in many different ways, but uh, when you can leave with some trophies and a smile on your face, then it's a pretty successful weekend. So explain, uh, for those who don't know, what, what is the, the racing circuit that you're a part of over in Europe? Yeah, it's called the Drexler Automotive Formula Cup, or Formula Cup, if you will, in English. Um, a really good championship that gives me an opportunity to, uh, to get back into racing after a couple of years, you know, with limited racing due to, uh, due to COVID and travel restrictions and that sort of thing. So it's a single seater racing, meaning it's like a, a formula one or IndyCar style of a vehicle. So it's like a tube with the wheels that sort of stick out to the side, a wing on the front and the rear of it, and they go pretty darn quick. So it's a heck of a lot of fun to drive these things. How fast are you going? Top speed isn't earth shattering it's only about 250 kilometers an hour oh, but what makes these vehicles fun yeah only but <laughs> once you get 250 300 350 it's it, it, honestly that's when we rest when we're in the car like it's just it's a straight line you basically just sit there and try not to cough or hold the steering wheel turn it sideways or something it's in the corner that it really gets your attention um, they can brake really fast they can accelerate pretty quick but when you go 200 plus kilometers an hour through a corner that's what really that's what wakes you up and makes you think twice sometimes about what you're doing. So when you're going that fast uh, and you mentioned in the corners, physically, how does that feel? Are you putting like all your weight into the drive or is it really just your hands and feet? No, it's, it's probably one of the more physical things I've done in life. I'm, I'm lazy, but, I, but I've also played a lot of different sports and done a lot of different things. And it's just the taxing on your body when you have to deal with the G forces. Um, it, it's quite a rigorous workout. Uh, so it's not just the heat in the vehicle. And honestly, it's one of those things that you just can't fully understand until you've actually experienced and been in the car. Um, but just imagine going around an off-ramp at 200 plus kilometers an hour and having all of the grip that a proper racing vehicle does just to hold your neck up, to hold your arm up and to turn that steering wheel, uh, to do that lap after lap after lap. It's quite, 
it can be quite a challenging thing. So uh, it's important to stay fit. And then that just adds to the, the thrill of it. Right. So other than just getting reps behind a wheel, how do you physically prepare for that experience? Well, physically in, in the gym, a lot of a lot of time there just working on some muscles, but you don't want to get big. Otherwise, you won't fit into the race car. Um, so be a little bit more like a triathlete type of training where you can stay slim, but also want to have a lot of stamina and have a little bit of strength to what you're doing. So running, biking, that kind of fun stuff. If I'd ever learn how to swim, that would be perfect for, for me. But uh, I'd probably drown if I tried to learn at this age already. Um, if, other than that, it's, uh, it's just driving repetitions in a vehicle or go-kart training. I did some of that in Poland here a few weeks ago. And so to be able to drive around in a go-kart gives you a really like a proper purpose-built for racing cart gives you some good practice and, uh, and strength training for what you're doing. So when you're talking go-karts, you're not talking like going to Thunder Rapids in, in Winnipeg, you're talking about like a, a real fast go-kart. Yeah, a real fast school kart, sort of purpose-built for racing, let's say. A little bit different than the amusement park style of kart. Um, it's just everything comes at you so fast, uh, sometimes even faster than what you get in a race car because you're on a smaller track and usually leave there just absolutely dog-tired by the end of it. So about the race that you won this past weekend in Hungary, how did you find the way to the front of the pack? Because uh, I understand that the weather wasn't spectacular in the lead-up to the race. Yeah, we had some iffy weather, like Saturday, for example, in qualifying, it was pouring rain. So that was just something to get used to. Um, I had some issues with the car in our first practice session, which caused me to miss the first practice session on the Friday. And then I missed the next two sessions. Just I got sick suddenly for some reason, just a quick 12 hour sickness. And thankfully it was done by the next day, but that basically meant I missed all the practicing. So finally, when the sun came out on Sunday for the race, um, it was just a matter of trying to put one foot in front of the other, but also learn very, very quickly. I was also helped by the fact that two of the guys in front of me decided to smash into each other in turn one. So at first you go, oh no, like that, that's too bad. I hope everyone's all right. But then you also go, hey, that's two extra positions. I just get to move up and two less people I have to pass. So then it was just a matter of chasing down a couple of the guys in front of me. And uh, thankfully it all, it worked out at the end of the day and we came home with a nice first place trophy. What's the thrill of the chase like in a race like that, where you're overtaking and all of a sudden you're in first place? How does that feel? It's it's really encouraging. I almost say like a dog chasing a bone, so to speak, because the opposite can be true too, where if you do the fastest lap around a track you could ever imagine, but then that person in front of you pulls farther ahead of you and actually pulls away from you, it's so mentally discouraging that then you just want to throw your hands up in the air and give up. But when you do that fast lap and you can actually find that you're getting a little bit closer that person in front, it just fuels you with more adrenaline and energy and you really dig deeper to try and go faster and faster and faster. And then so when you finally get that chance to make that overtake, um, yeah, you're just grinning from ear to ear like I was at the end of the race. It was just, it's a great feeling. I think myself and a lot of people's uh, view of, of auto racing has changed watching the Drive to Survive Netflix documentary about Formula One at least getting a, a better understanding of how it all works and how important the, the car is, the technology in the car and the team behind it beyond just the driver. For you, what's, what is your team like and how important is the, the car in terms of setting yourself apart from the field? 
Yeah, obviously, when you have elite drivers in the field racing, then sometimes the vehicle can make a huge difference. At the same time, at the level that I'm at, everyone has spec cars, so to speak. So the manufacturer isn't actually building them themselves. But what that means is it's up to the driver and the team and how they interact together to set up that car in a way that can optimize its performance around the racing circuit. So that's typically what can then make good drivers or better than other drivers. Um, let's say, but that's the biggest challenge. My team, as I consider it, there's a one team at the racetrack that's doing the car in and itself. And then there's also the team back at home in Canada and in Manitoba that's supporting and helping me with the financial side of things, with the marketing side of things, with the encouragement side of things that's helping me just to show up here at the racetrack and keep going. So it's a, it's a huge thanks to everyone in the community who's helped me get to this point. Are there other Canadians in this circuit or is it just you? In this championship, no, it's just myself. There may be one or two other North Americans that, that come in throughout the year, but uh, at the moment, it's myself, some people from Italy, Czech Republic, Germany. I mean, really, it's, it's across the board. Uh, one of my teammates is Greek. Um, it's just a wide variety of, of nations that sort of make up the, uh, the race field here. And so how did you end up in that specific uh, championship? How did a Canadian from Manitoba end up racing cars in Europe? Well, it's I've always put it this way. It's like if you want to play hockey, the best place to go is to come to Canada. But if you want to drive single-seater race cars and advance your career, then the best thing to do is to get over to Europe and to drive here. And so that's, for me, where my passion lay was, especially with Formula One. And so being able to come over here and race in a championship, like the Drexler Automotive Cup, um, a lot of the races are on the exact same race circuits that all the main Formula One cars are racing on as well. So to get experience in this field and this type of car on those same circuits, it just provides a lot of experience and opportunity for me now to take the step up, hopefully next year and the year afterwards, into the highest categories of racing. So it's just fantastic preparation for that. Do you have a, an ultimate goal in, in where you want to get to in your racing? Yeah, I'll never say no to any opportunities that are out there. But right now, the most realistic goal I've set in front of myself is just to race in the 24 hours of Le Mans, uh, hopefully in an LMP2 car, which is a prototype style of car. So for me, if I could do 300 plus kilometers an hour at nighttime through the streets of Le Mans in a 24 hour endurance race, I think that'd be pretty darn cool and, and a great reward for myself and for all of those who've supported me over the last 20 years pursuing this dream. So that, that's where the aim is right now. So your next race is coming up in uh, Monza, Italy. It's not uh, this weekend. It's the the following weekend after that. So what does your preparation look like in the in the two weeks between races? Well, I might allow myself a little bit of chocolate over Easter, but just a little bit. Here in Poland, they make <laughs> some real good chocolate. I bet. Um, a lot of YouTube videos in terms of watching um, some laps around the race circuit in a similar car to what I'm doing. I have been around Monza. I've raced there two or three times before. So I do have that experience, which is a huge help. But it's also a matter of looking at some of the data, you know, making sure you know what gear you need to be in, what speeds you need to be at on corner entry, mid corner, corner exit, doing all of that preparation so that when you arrive at the racetrack and the flag goes green for the first practice session, you don't have to then figure all of that out. Uh, you can just hammer down and go at it right from, uh, right from the start of the weekend. So try to do all that heavy work right now. And then uh, it'll make Monza a little bit easier, I hope. And if people want to follow you back home, uh, where can they find information about this championship? Best place would just be to go to my website, Rickert Racing, R-I-C-H-E-R-T, racing.com. 
and then there's links there to social media and everything else links to the the championship and i I like to try and post some results there as as able to as well. So it's probably the best way. All right. Well, David, appreciate your time today. Thanks for this and a best of luck with everything. Hey, not a problem. Anytime. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre and post game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect.